Welcome to Fans of the Genre 13 for January 30th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm Rhodes Clark. How's everybody doing? What a week. Uh, what a week. Yeah. I? I can only imagine, I didn't listen, uh, that you guys had really like thoughtful things to say about my absence while I was gone last week. Oh, the only, yeah. only the most thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. We, we just were like wallowing for a good hour. Yeah, I feel honored to have such good friends, you know, that are just, like, always there for me and always say nice things to me, and uh, thanks for carrying the torch while I was gone. I, I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't listen to it. I don't want to... I don't want to... Toot my own horn too much. Oops, sorry, I was a little low there. Um, but I was gone last week because I was in Washington, D.C. Yes, you were. And, and uh, it was a really positive experience. Um, being around so many people who are like championing for the same sort of thing and like seeing all these different types of people come together. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, uh, things <laughs> that like that message of hope or that feeling of hope dissipated pretty quick once the week started and, uh, real quick, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about like this week in politics or like how we're feeling after this week, because I think we all agree that it might feel a little irresponsible to just pretend like things aren't happening in the world trump uh, week one yeah yeah no, i legitimately yeah. didn't have time to play video games until like last night yeah like throughout the entire week like a lot of it is due to work and a lot of it was due to like trying to stay engaged with just like just like reading what's happening yeah mm-hmm. um so um to, to pivot it also a good part of it was i was watching terrace house which is the perfect palate cleanser to yeah, just Terrace House is everything terrible. Fantastic. Um, it's so much fun. Yeah. Brian needs to watch it. Yeah, yeah he should. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the new season uh, started. Like Netflix is doing something weird that they typically don't do, um, in that they're releasing it in chunks instead of like doing a traditional all at like, once. Yeah, instead of doing all at once or the traditional TV model of weekly, like they're doing it like like part one is eight episodes, and then in a few weeks they're going to drop the next part. But um, yeah, that started, and that is the perfect palate cleanser. Um, Especially last season. This season's a little bit more of a typical reality show, but last season I went back and started watching it. It's just so naive and so, like, positive. And it's just, like, the yeah. perfect way to just, like, decompress after all of this stuff that's right. been going yeah. on in the news. Um, yeah, this this first... This, I've watched, like, one or two episodes of the new season, and uh, it definitely has a different tone because these people aren't all, like, already living in Japan. Sorry, in Japan or like, um, like they, not all of them grew up in Japan. So yeah, like they have different. There, there's they bring uh, one dude that's just like straight up Hawaiian. Uh, yeah, and like, I think there's actually yeah. only like one person who's like fully Japanese. And then the last yeah. season where it was based in Tokyo, like whenever someone came in that wasn't that was like half Japanese. Uh, I think Armin's half Iranian. They're like, oh, yeah, you're you're, so. you're only half Japanese. And then this season, like, there's one dude who is like full on Japanese and. Um, a, a big part of it, what made the last season interesting was, uh, that is set in Japan. And so it's like very set in those like customs and ideals 
and this yeah. season's set in Hawaii, and it very much feels more like uh, it's playing along towards like American culture. Just, yeah, just because get that vibe. Yeah, just because where they are, but it's still really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yusuke's a, my perfect boy. He's so good. Um, we can spend all episode talking about Terrace House. <laughs> uh, I, I absolutely could. Fans uh, of the house. I think fans of the house. Ha- hey, yeah. that's a good, I, good idea for a show. I'm totally on board with that, actually. Yeah. So, um, uh, what was I going to say, though? Oh. Um, yeah, the world is on fire. How, this is how also about yours? Brian's birthday. Yours. This is also Brian's birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. Thanks. Happy birthday, Brian. 25. Uh, what are you doing for your birthday? Um, had family come up, had friends over. Um, my friends came over for the weekend, uh, and we played a lot of Resident Evil 7. Actually just beat it. I'm, I'm so excited to get into that. It's really good. It's, yeah, I can talk more about it in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like horror games, typically. Like, mm-hmm. Resident Evil yeah. 4 was perfect, because it, like, was very light on horror, um, and then, like, kind of action-heavy while, like, still, like, Staying true to the franchise, like before it totally went yeah. batshit crazy, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something about seven just seems so uh, n- not abnormal because like you have Outlast and stuff now, but something about it, it just seems like the like best quality version of this return. To, yeah, yeah. yeah I sort form. of sort of go ahead. I didn't love Outlast. I played it for a little bit, and I just sort of thought that it um, it relied too much on jump scares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that like I, I don't really enjoy like a horror game where the like, the um, mechanic is oh your flashlight sucks and good luck and, and, and you're completely think, helpless yeah where in Resident Evil 7 I understand that you actually do have like weapons and you do get a fight back you just need to be very like particular about when you do that yeah it's a lot like that and so um, the I'd say the first like I'd say three fourths of the game you are sort of at or maybe like two thirds of the game, you're going through that whole oh god, I have to p- choose my pick my fights and and like really be super careful about what I'm doing, um, and that really creates that awesome horror atmosphere where you have a bit of agency, but at the same time too, you're still at the will of this this game world, and that's a lot of fun. And then it gets it gets a little more actiony toward the end, which is just is held up super well just based off of what the game already established and like really uh, gracefully pivoted and in, pivots into. And so the, it, it gets, it, it gets that like that the roots of the resident evil series and that like, it's got that horror where you, that horror part that is legitimately scary and, and exciting. Yeah. And then it gets into that actiony like resident evil four vibe that just like continues to, to make the game very fun. Yeah. And from what I understand is that like, you move like much more in a way that you're used to in like first person game where you like, you actually have like omnidirectional movement. Yeah. Um, where like Resident Evil is really known for having those like semi truck kind of controls where it's like, like, no, you, Tank, you yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you go forward and then you turn to like change direction. You need to like pivot and then go forward. There's no like strafing sidestepping. And then, uh, yeah, I, I was listening to the giant bomb cast and they went pretty deep on it and they were telling, they were saying that that, uh, you actually move like a normal human being would <laughs> in Resident Evil 7. And I'm trying to think of how, like, the best way I can, I can almost describe how it initially kind of feels, and it actually just, like, completely nails throughout the whole game, is it, it's, like, really no, there's no UI, and you're, it's just a first-person view, mm-hmm. and so it almost feels as though it's, like a, like, a tech demo, or, like, it 
it just is very minimal in everything that it, it shows to you. But mm-hmm. for some games, and I and I and for some reason, I think of games that like uh, maybe came out come out came out at like the beginning of say like the Xbox 360 or PS3 era. Um, it doesn't feel limited by that. It feels like it just is such a smart scaling back of like so many negative things that they got knocked on for Resident Evil Five and Six, and mm-hmm. they just don't. They just they take what they have and and do a very good job with it. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a really good game, and I and I haven't really played a Resident Evil game in a long, long time. Yeah, I uh, I didn't play six, but I remember fe- thinking that five was, I mean, you know, in the moment I thought five was great, and I, like I had a really good time with the co-op. Looking back, I can understand why people don't like it as much. Mm-hmm. See, but uh, I never played it with a actual human uh, oh, yeah. partner. Like, no matter what, you have somebody following you in that game, and it's either mm-hmm. AI or another person, and the AI of. Uh, Whatever her name is, it was just trash. Shiva. Yeah, like it was so bad. Like you're mm. basically just running around there on your own. And like they yeah. made Chris, who was like a previous character, into like the Gears of War. Yeah, like total beefcake. Yeah, mm-hmm. like kind of character. And it's like it's like no, like Leon was just like just like this slim dude with emo hair, and he was great. And then they like mm-hmm. turn Chris into like a space marine. Yeah, just weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm- Curious to see if I'll end up playing it. I've been watching Steve Gaynor's playthrough on Twitch. Uh, we just started like part one last night, um, looking at archives. But I, I understand that the more he plays, um, Sean Vanneman of Idle Thumbs and Campo Santo joins him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're two game designers who are talking about the game, which I always appreciate getting perspective of. Yeah, like two um, designers who like don't really make horror games, but know how to use like horror elements to like enhance like yeah. the it's, atmosphere of their games. Yeah, it's not, it's not even that. What's really interesting is like Steve Gaynor designed with a team of other people, of course, um, gone home, which is one of my favorite games, but listening to him and watching him play through the first opening part of the game where you're like kind of going through a, uh, a house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Like a guest house. He, he was blown away that like resident evil, had the uh like look at an object and rotate it sort of mechanic yeah. that he yeah. put into gone home and uh he kept on referring to what he was doing as i'm gone homing the shit out of this like, <laughs> vhs whatever so I, I really enjoyed um watching his perspective and yeah. and uh getting his commentary especially because like i'm kind of a wuss with horror stuff so when you have someone who's like uh charismatic and fun um playing a scary game it's uh Makes yeah. it a lot more palatable. It's um, kind of like um, Gone Home with guns, and then like every time you read like a note where it seems like things are getting worse and worse, things are actually getting worse and worse. Yeah, huh. <laughs> um, that's interesting. And like, so going back to Outlast, what like really bugged me about that game was the setting, where like aside from all of the implications of uh, like horror using like mental hospitals yeah, as a setting, yeah. like it just seemed very like uninteresting. And everything I've seen in Resident Evil Five, where you're in this like kind of like very seven. Seven, yeah, sorry. Uh, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, like mm-hmm. hillbilly home in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like it. It seems so fucking cool that, um, like it's something that I don't really remember seeing in games much. Like it, it's a common uh, setting in horror movies, like yeah. with like the hills have eyes or, um, and, like there's. I just feel like I've seen that so many times in movies, but to actually like do that in a game and like for them to. Um, <laughs> Uh, for them to really capture that in a way that seems like pretty terrifying and also like really pretty. Like I've heard that it would just be a fun game to just kind of like 
have a like VR like walking simulator in kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, like I'm really interested in Resident Evil Seven, and I haven't been interested in a horror like even like PT and Silent Hills. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I, yeah, like I have PT on my PS4, but I haven't touched it. That that PT's reminds good. me. Um, so Brian, you have played PT? Yep. Uh, Mikey, you have not. No. Okay. Um, I've been listening to a wide variety of podcasts since um, seven came out and a lot of people do that thing where that we all do. It's like, because PT came out recently and was such a huge phenomenon, they assume that resident evil seven has to be influenced by it in some way. Um, And I'm sure that some of that is, is there, but I almost wonder if like this strikes me as much more inspired by like the amnesia outlast, uh, like not dear Esther, but like that sort of, um, run and hide version of survival horror that's become popular more so than PT. And I'm curious if you guys think that it was like they were developing it. They saw PT and shifted course or if they had like sus, like seen where horror was going yeah. and just sort of built well, off of that. P- PT was more stuff. psychological horror, right? PT yeah. was, it was like a puzzle game with like ominous stuff going on. There was like that psychological element to it, but like it, it was like, you had to engage with the horror to progress through this, the story. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that, I think that there is a good mix of both in resident evil seven, because mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you played amnesia, but the entirety of that game was running and hiding and like not fighting. And yeah, I did not run and hide very much in seven. I just avoided or engaged. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but there was like that, that, like, oh god, I'm being chased by the dad. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I wonder if. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, it seems like if uh, similar to Alien Isolation, where mm-hmm. like you are not totally helpless, but it's more of like it's more of like exploration and like and, uh, and yeah, like uh, avoiding this like constant terror as opposed to like you go through and there's like all these like little things in each area they have to avoid. It's like the same things uh, that you're kind of. Like they can like get a feel of like oh they're at this part of the house so like I'm gonna like mm-hmm. tuck in this cupboard as they like pass by or whatever or like yeah like that's yeah. kind of how I've understood it and I feel like branching from kind of that like series of or like corner of horror that kind of exists now yeah I I uh, those those other games we're mentioning like Amnesia and Outlast those are often like the first game that a studio's put out right. Yeah. And like like Gone Home and other games, like they're I think they're brilliant because they have limitations on them based on like budget or, or right. whatever. Like you know, maybe maybe they couldn't design combat so they tried to design around run and hide. Mm-hmm. But like to me, because Capcom has such a huge history making horror games and games in general, it's almost as if like they set out to make an outlast and then took what they learned from other games and made like a fully fledged I like I don't want to like say fully fledged games with other games. Yeah, like an adaptation of that type of uh horror. And the thing about Resident Evil 7 is that like unlike uh Amnesia or I think even Alien Isolation where there is sort of like a monster following you throughout the game and it just sort of mm-hmm. procedurally appears around you and engages with you. In Resident Evil 7 there actually aren't very many situations where like you're constantly being chased. I can think of only yeah. a couple where you're you're stuck in a room with something and right. you're kind of hiding. There isn't a ton of that. 
there is a lot of like combat though later on with um the organisms <laughs> cool that's different than yeah. like amnesia so i don't know if i'd be as interested in this if um if grace wasn't as interested in horror as she is and uh, the whole reason we started watching um steve gainer's playthrough is because she gets kind of motion sick with first person stuff especially if there's a lot of camera wobble mm-hmm. like she couldn't even really play or watch Firewatch. um so we decided to like watch a stream to see if she could be interested in it. And now it's one of those things where like maybe we just watch Steve's playthrough or maybe we go out and get it and try it for ourselves. So we yeah, haven't really yeah. decided yet. Um, and um, to kind of go with that, like uh, VR is a huge push for Resident Evil 7. And apparently yeah. they actually like handled that pretty well. Like, cause like everyone's like, there's no way that they're not going to make this uh, to where you're just like getting motion sick. Like where, to where you're yeah. not getting motion sick every like, 30 seconds and apparently like they handled it in a way where like you actually do like physically control your movement with like a controller and it's like uh like segmented um like where like you rotate like 15 degrees to mm-hmm. to pivot your point of view and like apparently that actually works really well i've heard a lot of people say that like i've, I've heard some people say like, yeah it's pretty cool or like yeah this is the way to play the game yeah i've i've heard that it's like i've heard extremes for how the game in general makes people feel yeah. like either you get super super nauseous or you don't notice it at all yeah mm-hmm. see like and i i honestly haven't heard too much negative like apparently in mm-hmm. the demos before they kind of figured out that workaround um i heard bad things but from the final build like i've heard a lot of like great stuff i think dan reichert was like super into yeah the vr part of that game uh yeah i think yeah i don't know just sort of other other impressions on the game too um you can really tell what, where they focus tested it and, and like implemented things that like make that like just improve the quality of life in the game overall. Um, there, there are occasional um, like video cassettes that you can like put in a VCR and then um, control a little like uh, mini story within it. Uh, and what, one thing I noticed is I accidentally, I, I played through one and then I accidentally like put it back in the VCR and it started the whole thing again. And mm-hmm. you have the option to stop, the recording in the pause menu, which is like exactly what I wanted to do because I didn't want to waste another 10 minutes on it. Um, oh, interesting. It was just like one of those, like, Oh my God, someone totally like did the same thing on accident. And the developers were like, okay, we can fix that. Uh, the, during one of the boss fights as well, there's a, if you die, there's like a manage items button, uh, in like the, the continue menu where like you can retry or you can manage your items and that doesn't normally pop up. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you forgot to pack the Magnum, didn't you? <laughs> and then I packed the Magnum. Yeah. But that that was really cool. And I also think the boss fights are, like, I think that's what got a little bit of flack, at least in one of the reviews I read. I think Phil Kohler said the boss fights were a little, from Polygon.com, said the boss fights were a little, like, uneven. But I thought that mm-hmm. they were fantastic scripted boss fights. Like, they yeah. really leaned into the scripted game gameplay where the they want you to do a specific thing and then they, and they, they pre- present it in a very cool and like, like exciting way. And they do it really well without quick time cool. events. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Cause that series, it's just so cool that the series came back, surprise everyone six months ago with a release like after, an announcement. After you know? like a decade of like constantly releasing games, but none of them being really like, not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there was like, Six. There was those two third-person squad-based shooters. I, I, that, like, I went for a five and the two. 
honestly. Like, yeah, at, at yeah. best, five was mixed. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't very fond of it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. and but like, especially since four is like widely regarded as like one of the best games of that decade. Yeah. Like top, hey, at you, least like top five. What do you guys think is the best way to play four? Oh my god, there's like so, a million. I, I know that's. The- I've heard that the Wii version is actually pretty great. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't played it it's on Wii. I only good. ever played it on GameCube. But uh, uh, that's that's actually where I first played it. Yeah. Um, and I thought the controls were amazing. And then I got the HD remake for PS3 a couple years ago, and I could not get into the to like the. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe those. But the original controls, I, I, I needed motion. Well, that's because it's the first the, time uh, I ever really wanted motion controls. Oh, uh, <laughs> like really post Wii recently. Yeah, I played it post Wii. Okay, I thought you were talking about like wanting to play it on the GameCube. Oh no, because the GameCube controller is like probably one of the best controllers ever made. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the controller. I like the DualShock Three too. I just meant like the controls yeah. um, without the Wii yeah. remote, <laughs> surprisingly obtuse. Because I didn't remember at the time that you had to stop. And then aim. Yeah. You can't move and shoot at the same time, which is crazy. Uh, it adds to the tension, but like with yeah. dual analog stick, that feels very odd. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, I mean, that I think I described that game to someone. Well, my my, my buddy Paul, who is actually on the, mm-hmm. the Meta podcast, that uh, yeah, their podcasts are cool. I you should check them out. Um, the way, the I left them a review the other day. You did? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. He describes Resident Evil Four as the precursor to Dead Space. I think I agree totally. with that. I think Dead Space is like very clearly and obviously inspired by. Yeah, that, that's fair, but I wouldn't like that. That way kind of sounds like it's a uh, like oh yeah, like Resident Evil Four was just like the beginning for the great game. Where I I think that Resident Evil Four is like one of the greatest games ever, and Dead Space is great, but it's just not Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that Dead Space certainly iterates off of a lot of ideas. Yeah. Um, from four, and I and I think of four as as like the if probably like not the quintessential third person shooter, but like one of the most important third person action games to to come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and, and it just changed the game. Yeah, I don't want to say that Dead Space is like reductive on uh, how it like draws inspiration mm-hmm. for Resident Evil Five because it does so many like cool things with uh like your main gun, how you either shoot it like vertically or horizontally, depending on the enemies that you're facing yeah. to like hit a critical spot or whatever. Like Dead Space does so many cool things like on its own, but just Resident Evil Four is so exceptional. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, that game's dope. Like even like in spite of the Ashley missions, which are like one of the most infuriating things I've ever done in a video game. Like the rest of that game is so good that like even having like a very solid chunk of that game be like just totally awful. That game is fantastic mm-hmm. um let's move on yeah yeah because well i'm sure we'll have more thoughts on resident evil as more things come out and more people play it and stuff um <laughs> i guess we didn't really spend much time talking about politics it just feels good no. to talk to you guys in yeah general, so that's uh, fine <laughs> yeah like i finally got to sit down and like just focus on like video games like i picked up yeah. final fantasy again and uh like I'm just kind of enjoying like the mindlessness that it allows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Every time I open up Twitter now, I was talking to Brian earlier. Every time I open up my phone, I just like, like all good thoughts leave my yeah. head. I can't, it's no, just I, not good. Yeah. I, I kind of like actively avoided that today where I, yeah, it's like, I just threw on podcasts and like played like a mm-hmm. lot of games. So I could just mm-hmm. like totally like zone out in. 
Um, like played a lot of Hyperlight Drifter, um, played a lot of Final Fantasy, just like running around the open world. I will, uh, I will say that it's been, it's been, no, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to do that every time now. I, I will say that I, I actually listened to an entire Bare Naked Ladies album this week and it's pretty good. <laughs> um, that should be my hot take. Uh, let's, I'll edit that later. No, um, I have a couple thoughts that I just want to like, that I've just been wanting to like air out there. Yeah. Um, the Women's March was amazing. It's been crazy to like see the um the feedback that's happened since the march about the march um and how like uh even the people who organized it and the people who attended can do better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and how they need to keep showing up and how white people need to listen instead of like feeling like they need to say something all the time. Yeah. And uh so that's good. And I I was also Heart, like heartened this week that amid all this like shit that people are still out there people are still protesting and yeah like at yeah. the airports the past couple days that and um you know there's been so many things that happened this week i cannot remember <laughs> everything yeah else, it's, but, it's like there's been more protests than just the ones at yeah. the airports which well, is like, there's amazing. been t- like over like 12 executive orders signed and fucking god like like yeah. five days, con- considering that uh, yeah. our new president took the weekend off before he started working. I heard he watched Finding Dory today. It was part of his schedule, and then he interrupted <laughs> his uh, time to tweet bad things about bad people. Yeah, I don't know. Just um, it's cool. I hope that we stay angry. That's, yeah. that's sort of like my motto for the year: is to like keep fighting and to keep remembering how I felt on November eighth and January twentieth, yeah. and um to keep moving forward and to be better. Uh, um, a, a very good thing yeah. for, for that, for your 2017 mantra is listen to run to run the jewels three. That's what, exactly. that, that's my, that's my stay angry album. And it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like it still works as, as somebody who like admittedly was like not really into run the jewels one or two. Yeah. Like even after I listened to three, I was like, Oh, I get it now. I went back and I was like, nah, those are still okay. But, mm-hmm. but three, is, <laughs> it just came out at the right time. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. And it's also, I just think, better like i think it's their best yeah. album uh mm-hmm. like i don't have any songs that i skip on it uh same yeah just whenever killer mike gets gets hot he's he's insane i love it yeah so last week uh, before the march i caved and i bought hitman 2016 even though at the end of the year i think i said as my resolution that i wasn't going to uh buy a game that i didn't think i'd like or whatever i, I and, couldn't and help it you explicitly used hitman as i know an example. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um i couldn't help it it got giant bombs game of the year uh the more videos i see of people playing it i feel like there's still room for me to explore and like figure things out my own way yeah um and they keep adding content to it yeah i just did a escalation mission either this morning or yesterday but hitman's cool it's so it's the latest entry in a long-running um, assassination series. So you play as a bald man named agent 47 who wears cool suits and your bosses give you targets to assassinate in very open, uh, varied levels. So like lots of buildings, lots of verticality, lots of people. And, um, it's very sandbox. Yeah. And sandbox in the sense that like, you know, people who really like Far Cry 2 really like Hitman. It's like the systems-based um, emergent action, yeah, emergent action reaction sort of um, 
game and uh, i really like it so far um i've only really explored the first two main missions uh which are the paris sanguine ice fashion show and sapienza an italian lakeside villa um it's cool it's really really fun um just today i uh lured a detective out to a dock to meet a target and the target walked out there in the meantime i ran across the entire sapienza village to an abandoned castle and fired a cannon at the dock and killed my target (laughs) after which i uh went back to the villa where the other target was roaming around after he was released from lockdown and i dropped a propane tank down a chimney and killed him and exploded and he, he and his goons um died and then I uh, snuck into an underground bio- like biology base and destroyed a virus. So it was a pretty accomplishing day. Um, that game's su- super rad. I'm excited to play more. And I'm excited to like revisit old levels because that's the whole point, really, is like there's story missions with like pre-written targets, but you can revisit levels with different targets and different circumstances, like win- different win conditions. So I'm excited to keep playing that. It's awesome. Yeah, that's like all it, I have to say it, so uh, far. I haven't had a great. lot of time to play it because of travel and work and stuff, but it's good. Yeah, like I wanted to pick it up at least since like they released it episodically, um, mm-hmm. to where I could just like pick up an episode for however many dollars. And- I think it's like fifteen or ten or fifteen an episode. So okay. it, at that point, to me, it's like why not just buy the whole thing because yeah. there's six, six of them. Um, but I guess if you wanted to just try it, yeah. it's worth it to buy one. Um, yeah, no, like it's one of the things that like since February, whenever, like, the first uh, episode of it came out, like, people were sort of being like, hey, this is pretty neat. And then just, like, throughout the year, it just kept gaining steam where everyone's like, yeah, this Hitman game's fucking rad. And, yeah. like, s- something about, like, how it was, like, able to build and then, like, keep releasing, like, high-quality episodes and missions and continuing yeah. to support it. And, like, it just seemed really cool, like, the way that, like, it cultivated this, like, like corner of like the gaming scene where like people were just like actively engaged and like interested throughout the entire year and the right people got their hands on it at the right time to like Mm -hmm. make it really interesting like brad and dan at a giant bomb i think are the two prominent champions that i saw playing it early and talking about how good it was early right and then take a shot uh steve gainer played it a lot and (laughs) uh (laughs) um so yeah i I saw nick robinson playing it i think like the second episode when that came out he was like you guys the new hitman game is fucking awesome arthur yeah and i think arthur geese uh had some he was less excited about it than others were but but definitely him but yeah he loves that series so yeah yeah that's it's such a bummer i when absolution came out they also i think released um, so sorry, Hitman Absolution is a game that came out in like 2013 or 14, which is um, the game before this one. It wasn't received well. They didn't change. They changed some things about the the way the well, uh, the, the that was worked. the one that had the like the nuns, sex, sexy murder nuns. Uh, they have messed up their marketing for this series, <laughs> its entire existence. So, um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say though? Oh, so they released the Hitman trilogy HD or something, where they released the first three for PS3. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, you know, listening to a lot of people talk about how they love blood money and that's one of the entries in the game series. And I, I, I picked that one up and I could not get into it cause it was like a barrier of controls and, mm-hmm. and like old level design. 
Um, but now I think I could go, I could go back and get into it, but I don't have a PS3 anymore and uh, I wish that I could just access it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, anyway, I tried picking one yeah. of those up, I think in like 2007. Yeah. And it was one of these things where it's like, Oh yeah. Like, like this cool, like assassination game, this seems cool. And then you just get dropped into like this, you know, big sandbox level where it's like, it kind of like, doesn't really give you many cues. All you know, there's like, Oh, like, in the third story of this big, like, manor that has guards all around it is the, this guy that I need to kill, and I need to figure out how to get in there. It's like, mm-hmm. like you see, like, um, like this guy in, on the kitchen staff, like, taking out the garbage, and then, like, you, you know, beat him up and, like, drag his body around the corner and take his outfit and then sneak in the building that way. And, like, yep. that's one of, like, a dozen ways that you can, like, try to take out this target. And, like, yeah. something about that was, like, just way beyond my grasp when I was, like, 12 or 13 whenever I tried picking it up, but it sounds like yeah. something that now I'd really enjoy. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing this the way that people played it as it was being released. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean, focusing a lot on one level at a time. Yeah. Like not, how many ways you can beat it and how many, mm-hmm. yeah. Because like one of the things that the people were talking about as this game was coming out, because as you said, Mikey, it, it was episodic. So like they released Paris and that was the only thing you could play for about a month. Yeah. And they released new missions and new content content for it. Um, and it just kind of revealed how, how much you can do in a single space. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do that before just like seeing every single locale. Cause I haven't even visited the other four places yet. Yeah. No, uh, um, Hitman go like turned me onto the franchise in a way that I hadn't before. Mango. Yeah. Which is the mobile okay. iOS Android mm-hmm. game. That is like truly exceptional. Like one of like, Square Enix's Go series of games where they have Hitman, Deus Ex, and Lara Croft Go mm-hmm. are probably, like, the best mobile games to, like, at least, oh, like, yeah. like, the past few years. Like, there are a couple, like, here and there that have been great, like, um, Monument Valley or Solitarica that are, like, truly exceptional, but, like, the the Go games are really great where they, like, kind of take a board game approach to these classic franchises and, like, they take what those series are known for, so, like, with Hitman, it's, like, stealth and strategy, and with the Lara Croft one, it was, like, action and um, a little, like, puzzly, and then, like, it, yeah. like it just, ca- like, captured so well, like, what I understand is, like, what's so great about this series, and I just, mm-hmm. I loved it so much. It's, like, two bucks. Yeah. Um, I think those games do a really good job of, like, boiling down their series to, like, their essence. Yeah. So, like, it's, it really is just, like, if, if you came up with a simple design doc for a Hitman game, you'd mm-hmm. be very close to what you ended up with with Hitman Go. Yeah. No, um, like... It's cool. My favorite thing in those games um, was in Lara Croft Go, where there's, like, an enemy on the ledge below you, and then, like, you choose to move to that piece. Like, you front flip over the guy and shoot him, yeah. and then, like, then, like, you're just in that space, and it's, like, it just, yeah, captures the essence of what these games are so well, and, uh... With Hitman, mm-hmm. it's like an actual board game where you are not like the the Hitman. Um, Agent thirteen, doesn't he? Forty seven. Forty seven. Close enough. Um, yeah. Very or, close. Or like you, you are not him, like moving around this like board game like environment. You are a like game board piece. Yeah. Right? And like, yeah, it's it's and like that really captures on like the like kind of strategy aspect yeah. of Hitman, where it kind of just like removes all of, like, the excess stuff and, like, focuses on, like, um, like, picking up on patterns and trying to, like, read situations, and it's, yeah. it's so fucking good. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, now I really want to pick up Hitman. And I might play through it again. <laughs> the, uh, the, 
the presentation of Hitman Go more than the other two Go games is actually like a board game as well. Yeah. Like like each level or each set of levels is presented like as a box and you literally swipe through yeah, which box you like, want to select. It's like, oh, like and, here you're on like the island villa and here you're on um, like yeah. whichever. And then like in each one of those is, is a like, yeah, like you said, like a board game you take out of the box. Yeah. And like they even um, emulate the like the really delightful sound effect of like a wooden block knocking over another piece of wood. Yeah. Like it's just so good. You should, the, it, like everything about the game, sound, visuals, yeah, play, and it's like, like perfect. Whenever you take out like a guard or whatever, it just yeah. removes this piece from the board and like sets it on the side of the board like in mm-hmm. like chess. Like you collected it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just cool. it's so great. Yeah. Yeah, you guys should play Hitman and then we can all talk about it together and share stories. Yeah. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm going to play more Hitman yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I started Final Fantasy 6 because I think uh, Drew Scanlon of Giant Bomb was talking about it the last couple months on the Bombcast and I remember playing it uh, a long time ago. I don't I don't have much to say about it now other than something I've noticed about PS1 emulation ever since I started playing uh, PS1 games on like PS3 and Vita and PSP. Uh-huh. There's like, it's not significant but it's noticeable amount of latency and uh-huh. between the button presses. So like if I'm trying to navigate a crowded city in Final Fantasy VI with a D-pad, and I think I'm pressing the D-pad at the right time to like move up, I'll like I'll keep going, and then I'll run into a wall or something. Like it'll turn later than I want it to. What, what are you and playing it on? I'm playing it on my Vita. Oh, okay, interesting. And I remember playing uh, like Metal Gear Solid One on my PS3 and feeling the same way. Like there's just like just enough of a delay between my input that it makes it like almost unplayable. And you'd think it would be, it wouldn't be a problem for an RPG, but with randomly generated battles in open areas and you're keep on stumbling into walls, like you end up in more battles than you want. Yeah. Yeah. That game is um, definitely like that. Yeah. But very good. Yeah. I'm excited to keep playing it. it. It was one of those things that I thought that I'd just like power through on the plane. Uh, but I didn't end up doing that at all. So, uh-huh. yep. Um, Mikey, what have you been playing? Um, like I mentioned, I uh, the main thing I've been playing lately is Hyperlight Drifter. I finally sat down and kind of forced myself to push past the beginning because, uh-huh. like, my big problem is that like it wasn't really telling you much of anything, like at mm-hmm. all, like in terms of story, in terms of mechanics, in terms of um, how you upgrade your skills and abilities. And I kind of just uh, said screw it, and I kind of looked on a wiki and just kind of got a brief like, kind of understanding of what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And um, and also, like, it, it starts you off in, like, the central hub, and then you work in one of four directions. Uh, like, there's north, south, east, and west, and there's four different quadrants that you're supposed to take out. And uh, it also turns out that I was not in the right quadrant. Mm-hmm. I, was, gotcha. I, I was trying to head towards the third one um, instead of the first one. But, I, again, it doesn't tell you, and you're supposed to kind of, like, figure that out and, like, Oh, okay. Like I can't get through here. I'm gonna try somewhere else. And um, before I could, like, I was just impatient. And like before I like set off to explore, I was just like, no, I'm I'm done. And then, it, but then I finally mm-hmm. just kind of let myself get back into it and try it out. And I I adore it. I still have the same problems where like I wish it were telling me more. Uh-huh. Um, like so, kind of in the same way that uh, I forget who's talking about inside, but. Uh, like we're inside, it leaves you with so many questions of like what was happening in the world, even though that game's like yeah. pretty clear. Like you don't know like how the world got to like its dystopian totalitarian state. 
you don't know the story of the boy. You don't really know what happens at the end. Like, right. Like you see the result of what happened, but you're like, wait, like where did this come from? And, and like, why did it happen? And all yeah. That. And, yeah. uh, hyper light drifter does the same thing where it's like, there's a story and it's told through, um, like you'll go up to a character and then they'll have like a speech bubble for you to like prompt a conversation. And then it's told through like a series of still images, um, that are mm-hmm. like, it's like maybe like three at most still images that like tries to convey like, Oh yeah. Like this was a peaceful land. And then this, you know, this bad guy came in and now everything's bad. Uh, and like, like, yeah, you don't really like, I wish that I could explain it more, but the game doesn't really tell you much of anything. And, uh, but once I like sat down, I kind of figured out more of how the mechanics worked and what like items in the world represented. I really enjoyed it because the combat in that game is phenomenal. Uh, the like artistic style and the music and like the ambiance that it creates is fantastic. But yeah, I just had a hard time getting into it because like even with like Dark Souls, where a lot of times like, or at least my first time, I just kind of like bypassed all story. Like there's still like life and like there's still people talking and there's still like mm-hmm. information coming at you. But in Hyper Light Drifter, like it just drops you and it's like there you go, go off and run and like you're you're not really going to figure out really a whole lot of what's going on, but um, but it's a lot of fun. It's very, uh, Dark Souls-esque, but in a 2D world, as opposed to, like, a three-dimensional, uh, like, fully fleshed out world. And, uh, right. Yeah, like, it, just like last night and today, I, uh, picked it back up, and then I ended up actually finishing it, just because, like, that's how much I really enjoyed it once I got into the swing of it and kind of, um, learned more about what the world was and certain, certain items did, and uh, yeah, it's really tough. Like you're, you know, you have like very limited life, and you have like what are like the equivalent of like the Estus flasks in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it you have like your your sidearm that has limited ammo that's recharged by doing physical attacks with your sword, so you can't just sit back and uh like spam bullets. You need to at some point get in and get dirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I I I love that game. Now, like, not quite as, like, caught on it as, like, uh, Griffin McElroy was on Polygon. Like, I think he said, like, aside from Stardew Valley, like, that was his game of the year. And it was really great, and it, like, really captured a yeah. lot of what makes the Souls series exceptional and, like, kind of makes it a minimalist version of that. But, yeah, like, I, I, the, I think my problem is that the world's actually very interesting. Like, it's really pretty, and, like, you kind of get invested, and then just the fact that... uh you don't actually get to learn too much about what's going on. There was really bit of a bit of a letdown, but yeah, everything else about that game is rad. Like you gain new guns and you kind of just have to like experiment and play with it to figure out what they do. And, um, whenever you go to stores, to like try to upgrade, upgrade your weapons and abilities, like it'll show like, uh, an animation of what happens, but like, like, Oh, like, like this is a new dash attack. And then, you kind of, like, figure out, like, oh, this dash attack actually will, like, deflect bullets, and you kind of figure that out by playing through it on your own, and... Right. Um, yeah, like, I, I got my first few by, like, reading it on a wiki, like, oh, okay, so the, the first uh, upgrade from the, like, dash ability store is, uh, like, unlimited dashing, and, like, it doesn't communicate that very well, um, and, like, well, I, I, through cheating, I was kind of, like, like, okay, this is the one that I want, and I kind of wish that I'd been a little more blind in it, but I caught mm-hmm. myself but forgot too deep into it. But, uh, 
yeah, it's it's been a great kind of like way to like mindlessly disengage in this kind of really stressful week. Um, totally. But like I, the best way that I've found to like kind of like actively like kind of combat this like kind of like feeling of dread has been uh, twenty sixty four read only memories. Oh yeah, did um, you guys talk about that last week? I can't remember. Uh, I, I br- yeah, I just briefly kind of touched on it. Um, yeah, but I, I know that you initially didn't like because so this is a like quasi remake, uh, like special edition of what was called Read Only Memories, which is a like Kickstarter backed game made by people heavily uh, involved in Gamer X, which is a mm-hmm. LGBTQ uh, gamer community. And they kind of sought out to make it like a very inclusive, um, like point, point and click adventure game. And they happen to just also make a very exceptional, really pretty and fun game that, yeah. like, so it's like set in like a near future, like cyberpunk San Francisco. And it's one of the, like, like I, I feel is like the year 2064. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, and so in, in this version of it, they added, um, like a few story beats, they added um, a couple like side things. They a- updated the text, um, but the biggest overhaul was that they added uh, voice acting to all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like that's how I first played the game at PAX last year was in this like new build of the game that had the voice uh, voiceover work. And I actually bought it there because they were selling it for like six bucks at PAX. And so I was like, okay, like this is a game that I'm very interested in. And instead of waiting. Um, to pay fifteen or twenty dollars for it or whatever it is, like I'll just buy it now, and then uh, it came with the free upgrade. Mm-hmm. So like I cool. picked it up, I picked it up then and played it, and having it with the voice acting and then going to just the pure text version was awful. Uh, the the voiceover work is very very well done and adds so much to that game. Um, and like the beginning is a little bit slow. Um, yeah, I I just I will be the first to admit I did not give it. Uh, enough time but yeah um just like navigating it just felt i don't know there's something about it that i just yeah kind of struck, no. struck me the wrong way so, but I, I do want to revisit it so yeah it, it does start a bit slow um and it's way better with the uh the voice acting so yeah. I, I would say give it a try and try to get past and it's it's very brief that like that slow start like once yeah. you get to the first area or two like outside of your apartment um it gets a lot better. Like once you actually like interact with touring a bit more and um, like the characters really like pop out and shine. And um, if you're invested in like the like games journalism uh, field, like you're going to recognize like Jim Sterling's in it, Dan Reichert's in it. um, Oh really? Yeah. Zoe Quinn's in it. Yeah. um, And then a few other like actual like notable like voice actors who've done work in like, um, I think the girl from tales from the borderlands is in it. I, I might be oh, wrong. She's but, like in everything though. I think yeah. she's, uh, Oh, I don't know. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um, Dave Finoy who did, uh, oh, cool. Lee from walking dead. Yeah. Lee from the walking dead. He is, uh, the narrator. He's also the voice of the Hulu ads. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's actually a very, very good voice cast. Yeah. Um, even like with that's, people that's, like, like it's good to know. Yeah. Like Jim Sterling has a very, very recognizable voice. Like, you recognize that it's him, but it's not like jarring. It's like, Oh yeah, this is just Jim Sterling. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's really well done. It's a bit linear than I like for these kind of like point and click adventure games. Like I wanted it to be a little more of like old school LucasArts where it's like, you like amass this like massive inventory of items. And you just kind of have to like 
if, if you don't have, like, the insight to figure out what's going on, you just need to, like, drag items to weird things in the environment to try to make things work. Um, yeah. It's pretty linear. Like, you're going to get all the items you need in a room, and you don't ever really need to go explore looking for things you may have missed. Like, it's like, no, like, what you need is going to be in that room that you, that the map's, like, telling you, like, this is where you got to be. Um, so I wish it were, were a little more... Uh, Vague? Like... Yeah, a little more, like, obtuse and like, the way that it's, like, no, you kind of need to explore and, like, find things, and you're, like, kind of allowed to fail. It's more story-driven, which, like, I'm really engaged in the story, so it's not a big issue, and I'm... They may have tried it, and, like, it might have killed the pacing, so... Um, don't want to complain too much about it, but... Like, that's... And actually, uh, Dave the Tentacles, uh, free on PS Plus right now, so that... I'm gonna actually dive into that to scratch that itch. But, uh... Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, there's a point that I was going to make before I got distracted a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, most cyberpunk things are dystopian, and this is not nearly as, like, dreadful as, oh, like, cool. cyberpunk tends to be. Like, it's actually very lighthearted. Um, yeah. Like, there are, like, a few, like, darker things that happen in the plot, but, like, the overall tone of the series, even though they're dealing with, like, very, like, real, like, situations of, like, humans with augments and, like, creating, like, artificial intelligence with, uh, sentience and, like, dealing with these heavy themes that, like, you see in games like Deus Ex where it's, like, really heavy-handed and really kind of, like, bleak. Um, this, like, kind of stays cheery and optimistic and just, like, a pleasure to be in this world. Um, yeah, so that, that's like, cool. that's been, like, my go-to escape whenever I'm, like, really feeling down, just want to, like, actively, like, disengage. Like, I take part in that because it's just so optimistic and fun. Yeah. Um, and the soundtrack cool. is killer. Cool. I will definitely, maybe not by next week, but I'll definitely re-download that. I actually just did a, uh, okay, first of all, guys, <laughs> I was, uh, take another shot because we're I'm about to talk about Waypoint a little bit, but like, <laughs> cool, cool. I was just, while you were talking, I was just thinking a little bit about this week and, uh, how crazy it was. And like, some of the stories that they published at the beginning of the week about like how Obamacare will affect game developers and uh, Patrick Klepek's great article like your voice is important so start a podcast that was all within the last week and to me it feels like four months ago like yeah. so much has happened I cannot I cannot believe sorry this is like a total tangent but I'm just looking at all these articles that I thought I read like weeks ago are yeah. all relatively well, new and like a big part of it is that for like us who like follow games and released this time of the year being really slow for games. Like, mm-hmm. just this month we've had Gravity Rush 2, which apparently is fantastic. We've had Resident yeah. Evil. We've had, um, like, I've seen Yakuza 0 everywhere. I want to play that real bad. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I watched Patrick Klepek play it um, again on Waypoint. Oh, I wouldn't have watched that. He looked, yeah, it looked great. He, he just yeah. he did this side mission where you... Uh, you watch some erotica. Yeah, like, you are, like, walking down the street, and you see this uh, dominatrix talking to this guy, and, like, she's very shy and timid, and, like, it's, like, a very, very bad dominatrix, and the guy's like, you're really hot, but you're really bad at being a dominatrix, and then she, like, breaks down and actually has this, like, honest moment of, like, yeah, like, I've kind of always had people walk over me, and I figured that, like, this would be my way to try to, like, stick up for myself, and, uh, and it's actually kind of, like, sincere, but, like, the game has this humorous tone, like, all throughout, like, basically the entirety of that world. Um, And so then you go to this playground where there's little children playing on, like, a swing set, and you're trying to teach this dominatrix how to, like, 
be like a sadist. And it's just <laughs> the most absurd and like wonderful thing. And like, yeah, like that is so badly is what I want. And like, it seems to have this kind of, uh, Japanese game design where it's like very menu heavy, like, um, yeah. like the, uh, like selective voice acting that like drives me like so crazy, but that world seems so like wonderfully bizarre that I, I want to drop 60 bucks on it. And it's, I'm really having a hard time not doing that. <laughs> totally. I, yeah, we've been, uh, I think part of the reason why this week has felt so long is just cause you know, we we're busy with yeah. marching and, and then, um, yeah, we have our lives. We, we have the news yeah. and work and, um, and I was also like, we did like three straight days of wedding planning and huh. a bunch of other stuff too. Um, yeah. Been kind of a week. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, randomly, we watched 10 Cloverfield Lane last night. That movie's really good. Yeah. Um, Dan Schreck. Brian, have you seen it? Fantastic. Oh, sorry, which movie? 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Oh, that dude. Great. Yeah. I think you really like it. Um, it's yeah, surprisingly I, good. I've been a fan of Dan Trackenberg's for a while. He was on the uh, Totally Rad Show at Revision 3 years and years ago. Yeah, I um, remember that. And he just has such, like, an insight for movies. Like, his, like, knowledge of movies and, like, cinematography and, like, all these things that go into making a movie. Because he, he did commercials and music videos forever. He also did the um, Portal fan film from a few years ago. Uh, no mm-hmm. Escape, I think is what it was called. Um, and he was attached to Why the Last Man, actually, when that was going to be a movie. Like, he, he was supposed to direct that for a while, and then that fell through. And um, I still need to read that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's a very, very good uh, graphic novel series. But, um, yeah, he, I think, because I think it was Bad Robot that's producing it, and so um, mm-hmm. he was supposed to make that, and then that fell through. And so they're like, okay, we'll let you do this thing. And, you know, they were hush-hush that it was actually like a Cloverfield spinoff for the longest time. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that movie's very good. The John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and the dude from uh, Short Term Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> that movie's yeah. Um, that just makes me think. Like, what else? I mean, what else have you guys been doing this week? Like, other uh, TV shows or other than Terrace House? I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just about to chime in. Um, so I've been watching a lot of Seth Meyers. Um, his. Oh, his- Oh, so his interview on um, Pod Save America was so amazing. Good. Yes, that that was very good. Um, but like on his late night show, uh, yeah. a, cl- a closer look has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a uh, a segment with Retta from Parks and Rec, um, oh, nice. the, the actress that plays Donna, and they did uh, <laughs> a segment called uh, Day Drinking. It's like yeah. day, day drinking with Seth and Retta, and they just got like totally shit faced and like did these like dumb little drinking games and. Uh, they what was it? They did like oh, I'm going to name you a show and you make me the drink off that show, and <laughs> they make the the worst drinks in the world that like I was like kind of retching while they were like making. Yeah, and and it was so funny. Like Seth Meyers has actually been a very good uh, a very good outlet for me and like entertainment. So I kind of mm-hmm. like well like stay engaged while also kind of being a little lighthearted about it. Totally, um, he's very good for that. Yeah. Like he's he's really hitting a stride. Like I watched his show in the beginning, and it was like even though it was a little rough and awkward, I still was like really into it. Like back Me when too. Fred Armisen was his band leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's definitely in like a like a very strong like creative stretch right now. Yeah, like his shows is one of my favorites in late night. Totally, Me too. Brian, what about you? 
What have I been doing? Um, let's see. I've been playing a lot of games, I guess. Uh, yeah, been, if, if there's anything else that you want to talk about game-wise, feel free. Oh, yeah, yeah, like what's been distracting like, you from Terrace House, Brian? What's yeah, what's keeping you from, from watching Terrace the best House? show on Earth? Uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing that will uh, that will Satisfy make you all go. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, did, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Did you watch uh, iBoy? I did not watch iBoy, but man, iBoy is that's oh boy. That's no, it's called iBoy. I, boy, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Um, I finally got like halfway through that game, and it's still super good. Are you gonna yeah. um? Are you gonna buy two point eight Final Chapter Prologue? I don't have a PS4. Oh, are you going to buy 2.8? No, <laughs> are you going to buy PS4? Are you going to buy the, the other one that's coming out next month? I think that's also PS4. Is it? Yeah, I, like... thought that was, that, I thought that one was also coming to Xbox. Oh, God, um, I hope it does. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't, yeah, one of them, I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to keep, like, as someone who likes track. that series, like, I haven't played yeah. everything in the series, so I'm not, like, a diehard, but, like, yeah. as somebody who, like, like, this is like very eagerly anticipating three. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually like so like lost and overwhelmed right now with like all of, it's it's really like the bundles that they've been doing like 1.5 remix, 2.5 remix, uh, 1.5 plus 2.5. <laughs> um, one yeah, 1.5 plus 2.5. Uh, That's coming out. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. It- I, I, that's why I'm trying to embrace it and just like try to play them all, which has been do a deep dive. It's been going. Uh, yeah. I got a capture box today for my birthday. And so, nice. Uh, oh, cool. Maybe I can uh, throw I on some one. Kingdom Hearts uh, this week. I definitely yeah. want to want to start streaming Kingdom Hearts too because I think that, that a lot of folks will uh, click on the video for a couple seconds just to see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> be like Disney plus cute boys equals fun. A lot of people all played that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but gosh, I don't know. I, I just like go to work and I, and I work and yeah. my Twitter is just like either on my phone or like open in my browser briefly. And I'm just like staying up to date on the current events. Yeah. And, you know, I had this moment that I, I think I, I mentioned a rose before the, the, the podcast started, but I was thinking to myself like, man, I've been, been giving it like a, a, a little bit, a small amount of money to the ACLU each month for like three or three months now or so. I'm probably buying some intern's burrito, which is great. Um, that intern needs a burrito. Exactly. But, like, I, I want... Like, is, are they doing anything? Because, like, their Twitter is just sort of like, like, we're going to get you, Trump. Like, we're going to get you. It's, it's been like that since November. And and I was just thinking to myself this week, like, what what is this money doing? And then Saturday happened where, like, <laughs> this executive order goes through and they are immediately, like, like assaulting the courts to, to get this thing like you know mm-hmm. destroyed and right in that moment i was like yeah this is this is the right thing and i feel very affirmed so i don't know what got me on that tangent man but don't it today ACLU. No, totally yeah. yeah i was actually gonna ask you guys like i mean we're not experts on psychology or anything really but like uh what value do you guys think there is in like you know you're saying you watch seth meyers and i know we're all fans of pod save america and and probably the daily show has crossed our feeds a lot and yeah like, I, I i used I, to I, watch the daily show like like that was my routine i'd wake up and watch yeah. it um and like i don't want to disparage trevor noah for being an outsider yeah. um but like right now i really want somebody who's like 
very familiar with our political system and has been like a part of it for a long time. So like whenever mm-hmm. like now when I'm actually trying to be like really actively engaged, like mm-hmm. it's it's harder for me because uh like he still has like a lot of John Stewart's writing staff and everything, but it's it is a little bit harder. Um right. when like his he doesn't have as strong of an insight as, you know, like Seth Myers or totally. even John Oliver, who, who comes yeah. back tonight, by the way. Oh, cool. Good. Um, I was actually, I was just going to ask like what value you think there is in us just like consuming this stuff and then like immediately feeling good about listening to it and thinking that we're on the right track. Cause like that, those sort of programs have been criticized for contributing to the, like the idea of a liberal bubble, you know, where it's just like self, self-affirming, patting ourselves on the back. Um, do you think that they're like John Oliver? I think more than anyone, it will have to encourage people to like take action more because yeah. there are so many times yeah. throughout the campaign where I thought, okay, this is going to get it. This is going to be the one, but I realized that he's just talking to his, the, sorry, the one to like defeat Trump. Like he actually might have a chance to like keep him from out of office or something. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I really think that if we're going to like get into the weeds on this bit, um, which also the weeds is a good podcast from Vox. Uh, <laughs> good to know. Um, I, I, I think a lot of it really comes down to, um, Hillary Clinton and like, I, I think that she would have been a great president, but she was a very bad candidate. Right. Like she just had so many, uh, like so much baggage and especially with, uh, what happened with the DNC and Bernie, like there was just a whole lot going on there. Like, yeah. Like, and I think that there's that in tandem with the fact that she's a woman, (laughs) you know, like, no, no, that that, that is no small part of it. Totally. Um, it it just, yeah. Like, I honestly think that if it were like the the big problem is that everyone was afraid to run against Hillary Clinton. Like Joe Mm -hmm. Biden didn't run because of Hillary. Um, and also people (laughs) like Mitt Romney didn't run because Jeb Bush was running, which is really funny. Hysterical in hindsight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, but like just nobody showed up like, you know, as like funny as like Martin O'Malley and um, I can't even name the other Lawrence, two guys. Is Lawrence something? Probably. Guy. <laughs> um, like as like you know, silly as it was, like oh, those that's that's cute that those guys are running. Like at least they did. Like so many people were just like, scared to run against Hillary Clinton. Like because it like because right. like years before it was just like oh, this is her time. She's gonna do yeah. it. And so just nobody else ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that she was just a bad, bad, uh, bad candidate. Yeah. And I, and like, oh, I think she would have succeeded. I think she would have been a very good president, but I was never. Her week re- one would have looked totally different. Yeah. Than um, this one. But like, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, like part of it is me like still salty about Bernie. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. And I, you know what guys, even Bernie has been disappointing me lately. I, you know, like <laughs> He'll say things like, I'll be happy to work with Trump if he accepts this sort of stuff. And I know what he's saying. And yeah. he's he's going to fight Trump quite a bit. But, like, the messaging from since he lost the primaries, you can tell that he, like, probably lost some of his team or something. It's been a little, like, off. But he's, he's also hasn't been great at organizing. Like, he started his, like, new, like, movement thing. And then, yeah. like, I remember for, like, a month after it was started, like, like he wasn't doing anything. Right. Yeah. I think he, he champions like social security and other things. And I know that he supports all of the issues, but when people are complaining about one thing and he keeps on bringing up another thing, it actually really starts to bother me. And I actually, I, I do wish that he had um, won the primary or something. Cause I, I think that maybe he could have won, but like, yeah. um, it's, no, it's because weird. he, the thing about Bernie is that he's always 
focused on on issues. Like even if like somebody's on one issue, like he's yeah. always focused on issues. And like yeah. a lot of people say that that was a, the problem of the uh, post primary campaigns is that it was never really issue focused. Right. It was always like, oh, this is what Trump said, and th- these are the newest things about Trump's or uh, Hillary's emails, and like. There's no way in hell that Bernie would have let that not be, like, issue based. Mm-hmm. Like, like he would have been like, like he was like, yeah, I don't give a damn about your emails. Like, I like he wouldn't yeah. have like, yeah, he 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 would have cared about like all of like the pussy grabbing uh, audio clip that released, and he'd yeah. been pissed about those stuff. But he wouldn't have been like, um, you know, he wouldn't have called Trump supporters deplorables. He wouldn't have. Um, yeah, he like, would have redirected the focus on. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have just about. like attacked uh, Trump yeah. and his supporters because, like, Bernie from the beginning was like, no, like, they're like people are hurt, people are upset, and like the entire campaign, like Hillary was campaigning mm-hmm. in like uh, private dinners and like rooms, you know, rooms filled of yeah, billionaires. Yeah, it was tone deaf. Even when she borrowed Bernie's like message, yeah, no, she like was doing was yeah, no, because yeah, at the very least, Trump was like out there like talking to people, like he was going to like rural cities and like he was always on the road, even though he, you know, would fly a private jet into these meetings. Mm-hmm. Like th- I remember there was like a couple weeks stretch where just Hillary like hadn't been really seen. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, because she's been campaigning in like, you know, like big banquet halls and trying to get like big money donors. And like, it was just a poorly ran campaign. And I sincerely feel that almost any other candidate would have won. Cause like, yeah, like she didn't go to Michigan. She didn't go to, Wisconsin, yeah. like these like rural areas, like she got cocky and like, oh, I'm going to try to get North Carolina. It's like you need to to win the states that that you know at, at the very yeah, least, win like, elections. When sure. when the states that Barack won, yeah, right, yeah, like yeah, it, it just yeah, it got too cocky and like everyone was convinced like a month out that she was going to win. Um, yeah, at this but, point though, like literally anybody would have been. Can you imagine being afraid of? Ugh, like, like we were afraid in 2012 for a Mitt Romney election and that if he had won compared to what we're dealing with now is just no like ugh. even though like I completely abhor Mike Pence as a person at least he's not like uh, I think Mike Pence is worse oh, God if, if, no, no if, but Mike Pence wouldn't like policy sure but he's not going to start a nuclear war with China on Twitter at 2 a.m. randomly. Uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be an argument of like domestic versus international. Yeah, yeah no, like, like completely. Yeah. With with Mike Pence, we could at least have a discussion about policy and like fight on policy instead of like, uh, like oh, we're, uh, like did you see whenever uh, I forget the name of the Prime Minister of Great Britain? Theresa May. Yeah, like the first quote, like Theresa May picked the first reporter, and it was from BBC, and she was like. Um, with, like, all of these, like, policies that you have on, like, abortion and this and that, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared, like, both America and abroad, like, like, how, like, what are you going to do to, like, like, take care of these people who are, like, terrified of you? And he's like, yeah. And he, like, turned to Teresa May and was like, this was your first question? Like, there goes that relationship. That. And yeah, then just, was... like, dodged the question. Like, Mike Pence would have actually, like, talked about the question. Like, he, like, I fundamentally disagree with him on almost every single policy I deal, but I can fight him on policy. Like, Donald Trump is a fucking insane person. Yeah. Like, like I would rather have a sane person that I completely disagree with than like have an, yeah. an insane person. Just like, okay, these one or two things we have common ground on. Like, I agree that like we need to get like money out of politics. We need to do a lot of these things. Like, he says that he wants health care for everybody, which is something that like the Republican Party largely doesn't want. Um, but like, I would rather have somebody I can. Even though I disagree with him, I can have a conversation with 
and like yeah. actually like debate policy with, as opposed to you know somebody in the middle of the debate is like you're a nasty woman. No, you're the puppet. Like yeah, fucking wrong. kidding me. Like <laughs> yeah, like I, I would much rather have that. Like I, yeah. it's not a like party line thing anymore. It's like human decency. Steve, Steve Bannon's in the <laughs> fucking White House. He's in charge of like a very important cabinet position that yeah, I don't understand, like, but that people are freaking out about on Twitter. It's so like yeah. when he made the Homeland Security like thing where like line where he didn't allow people with green cards in. Like, yeah, Jesus. and like, like the dude's I, a fucking Nazi. Seriously, yeah, like yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like Mike Pence, like I hate everything that he stands for, but at least there's there fucking white supremacy. Like under him, there wouldn't be white supremacists in the White do House. You, I'm I'm curious. Do you think that if uh, Trump gets impeached and Pence becomes president. Do you think he would like get rid of those people? Like, um, most likely, like from what I've I seen so. on leaks, is that like mm, that's good. Like Mike Pence and Reince Priebus are the only two people like having the fucking White House run mm. right now. And mm-hmm. like, I I really hate that. Like, I'm fucking like I'm cheering on Reince Priebus to fucking do something. Yeah. Like I like what a four, dumb like, name. Four, four months ago, I like. <laughs> I was like, why did Ryan's previous let this happen? And that still holds yeah. true. But like, uh, like apparently like there's been a couple times where he's already wanted to quit, but apparently he's the only buddy like keeping that staff together. Right. I don't and know. Like, I, if Mike, if Mike Pence gets elected, like all those people get sworn out and we just get all these back ass words, like yeah. divorce people in, but, I mean, like, yeah. 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 Like Mike Pence wouldn't put Ben Carson in charge of housing and urban development, but not Nazis <laughs> at least. Yeah. I can't tell. Yeah, they're both bad, but I guess one's worse. Yeah, like, like I think Pence is worse on policy. And, like, I, I remember talking, like, a year and a half ago with my old boss about, like, who do I want, Ted Cruz or Donald Trump? Like, Ted Cruz. Like, I hate Ted yeah. Cruz. Yeah. I despise Ted Cruz. I would actually much rather have him because at least, like, and I, I actually gained a lot of respect for him when, like, everyone was saying, like, you need to support Trump. He's like, no. <laughs> at the fucking... Right. Our, like, RNC convention, like... But he, he turned around and started calling for him. Yeah. that picture well, of him that's so sad. But, but everyone so, did it months before. Like, John yeah. Kasich and T- Ted Cruz are the only two people who are like, no! Like, yeah. we absolutely can't... John Kasich still won't, but, like, and Ted Cruz eventually got, you know, bullied into doing it, but, like, at least he had more backbone than, you know, like, Chris Christie. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, fucking Marco Rubio, who, like, got edited onto the list of invertebrates God, how, on Wikipedia. How was slimy, that Paul Ryan? Both of them, I guess. Both of them. Uh, Paul oh, Ryan's man. worse, but, uh, but Marco Rubio, like, pretended to have a spine for a minute whenever yeah, he was... Yeah, during the sessions, or, like, the... Yeah! Yeah, he tweeted about it. Or something. Like, he totally, like, grandstanded. He knew that he was gonna fucking push him through the entire time, but he, like... Yeah, he's trying to save his his own career by being like, no, like, I stood up against Trump. It's like, no, you didn't. You you yeah. pretended like you did. You put on a good show. Like, that was cute. We put on a good show, just like this one, and we've yeah. dovetailed into something <laughs> yeah. totally, totally different. Yeah. Let's go but, into hot takes. That could have video- been an entire hot take. But. Yeah. Video games are cool. <laughs> video games are cool. Thanks for letting us vent about that for yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I hope... Yeah. I hope some of that appears in the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, most of it will. I don't. I'm too lazy. All right. Um, um, so, real quick, just so we don't abandon this segment totally. Totally. Uh, go for it. Ha- have you touched any Dark Souls this week, Brian? Uh, no, I haven't. But a friend okay. came over this weekend and started playing Dark Souls one on my PC, and he pretty much got to got <laughs> to where I was or further within like two hours. I love yeah. it. No, like, I love that, it. That's the thing is that like it's all about learning like. 
patterns and mechanics and like when you know them it's super easy like yeah like i can go back and probably probably beat dark souls 3 in half the time it took me the first yeah, time around totally. right. um so yeah like but but that's the fun of those games is that like you, you go through the trials and tribulations of learning what uh the like taurus demon actually like like how he works and like what yeah. weapons are good against him and like when you know it's like oh yeah like i just need to you know take a quick detour go get this item that's gonna be really great against him and then just go in there and just fucking wreck shot yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah i just don't want us to go without a dark souls watch totally yeah i will play more there's apparently yeah. a boss i missed entirely so i will be heading there soon yeah gargoyles. Um, oh the gargoyles are fun okay are those the rooftop gargoyle, gargoyle? yeah the, the, those oh, yeah. are one of my probably my favorite bosses in those games at, le- at least the most memorable for me where it's just like mm-hmm. it's like oh what's on this roof oh no yeah it's so so much fun let's move um, into hot takes all right, um, my hot take this week is that Brian is a poopy head who needs to watch Terrace House. Yeah, concur. Because Terrace House is so fucking good, you guys. And also, Rhodes, you are because you need to finish season, uh, not season one, but Boys and Girls yeah. in the City. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but we've, we can watch both at the same yeah. time, I think. Maybe. Um, so, uh, Aloha State, the current one, the current season, mm-hmm. um, they're doing it in parts, and the first part is eight episodes. That's what you said? Yeah, so you just need to get through eight episodes, and then you can go and back. Go and, back to boys and girls. Okay, yeah, that's good which, which I like actually it. really like because whenever I and I, I keep getting distracted by Terrace House, but when I first watched it, I watched uh, with some of my friends in San Francisco twenty six episodes in like three days. God oh, damn, that's absurd. <laughs> it, it was so, it's so good though. Terrace yeah. House is such a good show, but but this way, like you know, everyone will like kind of be on the same pace, and we can talk about it. So, which is why mm-hmm. I'm like pushing us to talk about it is because like they're they're breaking it up so like you can actually like have discussions with friends about it a year-long conversation yeah yeah and so it's not like oh i just watched all 46 episodes of boys and the girls in the city like Mm -hmm. like how are you roads on episode like 10 yeah i'm only on 10 or 12 yeah (laughs) yeah so like this season's being more conducive to that so which is kind of why i've been bullying you so hard to do it is before the next uh slew of episodes comes out i want you guys to Catch up and have feels about Yusuke with me. What, I love Yusuke. Oh my god! Section come out. Uh, I'm not sure because uh, so they dropped eight episodes on like this Tuesday, so it should yeah. be a little bit before we get the next part. Um, yeah. But I've got Brian, some... at least watch enough so you can form thoughts on Yusuke. Um, I feel like okay. you're gonna freak out like I did. <laughs> um, yeah. W- whenever like at the end of that first episode, you're like, <gasps> yeah, this cute boy yeah. is now like a perfect human mm-hmm. being. Yeah. So good. Let's not spoil it. It's, he's just a fairly um, boy. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of try doing that every episode, Rhodes, and it's great. Okay. Where they like, like, oh, we're going to get this little Yusuke showcase. It's Perfect. Like, Please give me more. Uh, Brian, what's, what's your hot take? I'm, I am a poopy head. Okay. Just confirming what Mikey said. Bam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, another thing that I cannot believe happened this week. Uh, like I think it was actually the, the week before, but you were gone. No. I'm pretty no. sure. Like, I, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure like that was because I was in a good headspace because it was before inauguration, and I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I want to watch this. I want to watch like what is it like four hours?" Something Wait, what like are that. you talking about? Mathmoots isn't that like an hour it, or two long? Yes, but it came out on uh, January twenty fourth. Oh, did it? I, I felt like it was before inauguration. Nope, it <sighs> happened this yeah, week. Just crazy. Anyway, it's an album of mashup stuff by internet artist Neil Sissierega, I believe, who's responsible for Harry Potter, Puppet Pals, and other things. Um, 
who's got an obsession with Smash Mouth's All-Star, which makes an appearance <laughs> throughout this record. Yeah. If you could call it a record, it's a mixtape or a, a mashup album. It's very good. Yeah, or it's like, it's like an hour-long yeah. uh, like, pro- like audio project, I will yes. say. And I've read that you either love it or you hate it, and I'm of the mind that it's very good. Um, people so have, have like visceral bad reactions to it, <laughs> but I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, so. I, also, I listened to like six minutes, and I was like, this is pretty cool, but like, and I was actually like going to like get myself yeah. in the headspace to where I could like, it gets better. Like I, I, I wanted to listen to it all at once. Yeah. And so like I was waiting until I was like in a place where I could do that, like consume mm-hmm. it all in one sitting. Um, mm-hmm. And I might actually do that tonight. I'm going to just reread my hot take because I, I like the way it's phrased. Uh, <laughs> Mouth moods is objectively good with a capital G. So just know that. Yeah. Cool. Um, thank you for listening. Do you have anything else you guys want to add? We might rename Defense of the House. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh as, as we watch more Terrace House, it might be called Fans of the House. Yeah. Did you, um, any of you listen to Nick Robinson's like Terrace House Mafia? Like, is that any good? I <laughs> it's a good name for it, but I haven't listened to it. I did not know that was a thing. I am googling. Yeah. yeah. Him and his roommate do a Terrace House called Terrace House Mafia. Okay, um, I'm gonna start consuming that. Good. Um, Put it in my body. Thank you very much for listening to Fans of the Genre. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. That's where we're at. We only have like four reviews. They're all good, though. Um, But that helps others discover the show. Uh, But more importantly, word of mouth is a way to um, get people to listen. So tell a friend, please. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. No, you probably like you like memes on Facebook. You can probably like our you can like our Facebook page. Yeah, which is at fb.me slash fans of the genre. Yeah, you can um, even share something because you probably share memes too. Yeah, copy and paste so more people see it because your privacy settings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at, at fans of genre, know the. Um, and both of those places you can send us questions or feedback. And the next couple months are going to be exciting um, because my infinitedogs.com domain renewed automatically because I forgot to put that on on hold so media that's gonna empire. be a thing that i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna build a media empire and add this show to my roster um, um i i just uh, underscore dogs note, as yes. an outgoing side note i just discovered that i'm going to be doing a fair amount of traveling uh mm. throughout uh march and i'm gonna have yes. a Nintendo switch so yes. i'm gonna be able to report on that live. perfect oh i, I totally uh, forgot that i wanted to actually go on a bit of soapbox about nintendo switch Oh, we will save that. We, yeah, we'll now save that it I, next week. Write yeah. it down. Bring a list. I will next week. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about some switch stuff because I actually wanted to write about it. So I'll, I'll write about it, put it up this week, and then we'll talk about it. We talked about cool. dominatrixes and switches in this podcast. Oh, yes. Nice. Uh, and next week we might have new music if all things go according to plan. Um, so yeah. Cool. Very nice. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone. Beautiful. Bye. Nope. Build, Build it. it. Beautiful. Build it. Very good.